coronavirus has the world gripped and therefore the world's economy watching. And of course, this includes wool. And given 80% of the Australian wool group heads to China for processing and half of that is sold at retail in China, this is a big issue for the wool industry. And in this episode of The Yarn, we take a detailed look at what the coronavirus means for wool. Later, we hear from someone who was at the centre of the wool trade and lived in China when the SARS virus hit in 2003. Hello, welcome to The Yarn. This is a podcast for the Australian wool industry. I'm Marius Cumming. So before that, we're going to hear from Lizzie Shen, who has a very significant role in the wool industry, as she has since the 1990s been involved in the exportation of wool from Australia and therefore the importation to China, and she has very close links with major Chinese processors. Lizzie Shen. Yes, I'm based in Shanghai, so it's around uh, maybe three hours by air to Wuhan. So this city is uh, very little affected. We have population 40 million and about 100 people are infected. And so what is everyday life for you like at the moment in um, Shanghai? Is it very much the same as normal or is travel restricted? Travel restricted. We are told to stay home. So uh, very rarely go out, maybe buy a bottle of milk and uh, buy some vegetables and that's all. Uh, Mainly stay at home. So people are not going to work at the moment? No, some will start working from the 10th of February, but they wait for the news. Maybe if the virus still keeps going on, then uh, maybe further delayed. Right now, they're told starting from the 10th. So the Chinese government is looking to do as much as they can to contain the virus to where it is at the moment, or at least restrict its spread. Yes, with all efforts, the government mainly working on this and uh, they don't care about the workers, the enterprises or GDP or economic issues. While they delay the starting of the work, the bosses are worried because they still have to pay salaries, pay rents, pay, pay bank interest, pay everything. So they're worried they cannot pay because of not, not working at all. So from what we've learnt from previous viral outbreaks, uh, it does have a significant effect on GDP for some time. Yes, in South time 2003, the GDP dropped because of that was lasted long for five months. This time we had experience, so we knew this virus very strong and uh, it looks like this time maybe lasts for two or three months, I don't know. Yes, we'll have to have to wait and see. Lizzie, what was the uh, what was the trade like before the virus? We've seen supply at this end reducing because of drought, but also demand has been slipping as well. Before the virus hit, what was the trade like in China? Before the virus, it was okay. The demand not so good, but still okay for worsted for cuttings everything going on well and uh, we we sold well because of the two big weeks right after the break we had two big weeks and we sold well and where does where's that demand coming from in terms of uh, the the chinese industry just normal local worsted fabric mills they need to buy and also for the first six months of 2020 
people need to prepare open tops and cobbles for cutting fabrics. So everything was going pretty well before the virus. Mm. Yes, and of course uh, the virus, as you have said, um, restricts a lot of personal movement and therefore business movement and I dare say power and water and and some essential services um, are restricted as well. And so it comes at an interesting time because this is an important time in the wool cycle with some interesting trade shows and you get a sense of demand coming from the Northern Hemisphere, particularly in other key markets such as Europe. Yes. Because people are not moving, so they needn't buy new clothes. They don't visit department stores. And uh, even if you buy online, no no fast deliveries. Fast deliveries have stopped since the Chinese New Year. All activities have slowed down. So the demand will have to slow down. And it comes at a time when you should be celebrating the Lunar New Year or the Chinese New Year. So it, uh, it must knock confidence around a lot. Yes, sure. The mainly struck industries are like hotels, tourism, restaurants, theatres. Many places are closed, like Disney Shanghai closed, Shanghai Library closed. So you don't, you don't visit those places anymore. And just looking at the, uh, the wool supply in the uh, medium to longer term, Lizzie, obviously the drought uh, has now reduced the Australian wool clip by 10% year on year for two years in a row. And I think the latest forecast is at around 272 million kilograms. But the wool forecasting committee meets again in April. How once mm-hmm. once we get through this virus, as as it will pass, how much concern is there from the Chinese uh, trade around the supply of wool? Uh, this kind of short supply of wool has been there for two or three years. So people, our end users here, are pretty used to it now. And meanwhile, the demand has also reduced. So in that term, it's pretty balanced, I think. Short supply, short demand. So the industry is going on its own terms. I think our customers mainly focus on how much they can sell. If they have stocks at the store or in their own mail, they don't buy. If they can sell, they will buy. What are those stocks like at the mill? Low stocks, especially for worsted, like long fleece, greasy, and uh, tops, very low stocks. And uh, cobbles, some stocks, open tops, people are buying greasy wool for the first six months of uh, this calendar year. Generally, the stocks are low. So uh, are processors concerned about the continuing trade given uh, the, the access to high-quality wools may be restricted or do you think that balance uh, with the lower demand will, will mean that trade continues at a steady rate? I think it's pretty balanced and it will continue at the steady rate. But the, the underlying demand, as you say, has, has dropped away and obviously that is linked with uh, slower GDP growth in key markets. Are you hoping that the year of the rat is one that uh, sees a growth in demand once again? In China terms, this year of rat, it's 60 years around and this year is not 
very fortunate. So people are prepared for a hard year again. How do you define a hard year? Low margins, low profit margins, lower business? Uh, for our end users, they care about how much profits they can make or how much losses they will suffer. So uh, in that terms, they just want to be very careful not to buy high-priced wool and uh, try to be conservative. And in buying and selling, they will be extremely cautious. Yeah, so this is interesting. We, we've seen such severe price movements to start the year in the first few uh, in the first few sales, as you've said, Lizzie. So, g- given that the Chinese buyers are going to be cautious, when do you think we might start to see a more balanced market price-wise? Because they're very cautious, that leads to the state that stock levels are extremely low. So, whenever there is a big movement, they become very uh, nervous. Like the first week, first day of auction, they bought a low, high, uh, very high prices because none of them have good stocks. When they saw market go up 80, 100 Austra- Australian cents higher, they got nervous and uh, people pushed to buy. Now looking back, that first day of panic was a little bit silly. When market goes up 80 or 100 Australian cents higher, they should wait because it's it's unsustainable. And it's it's interesting to see that the pass in rates, uh, wool growers at our end um, aren't necessarily willing to. They're obviously not wanting to see that volatility either. But uh, the pass in rate for this week, for example, was fifty percent for uh, for fleece wools. And even in those first few weeks, we saw some very high pass in rates. So the market's at an interesting state where. Buyers are obviously very cautious, but wool growers are not willing necessarily to accept much lower prices. Yes, that's true. We, we are, they are used to it now. When market drops too much, then the growers wouldn't want to sell. So it, it's another kind of balance. When it's too high, people don't want to follow. When it's too low, growers don't want to sell. So um, right at the moment... Because of the virus, in my idea, if the grower doesn't need the cash very soon, they can wait. They can wait for the virus to disappear and sell again. They don't have to sell now. Yes, I think we're certainly seeing that, and um, that may well be the the advice that are given from their broker for for the next few months or however long it might take, Lizzie. But, um, well, Lizzie, um, let's hope that for both your end of the trade and for our end of the growing of wool that we see things balance out and that uh, we return to normal before too long. Yes, hopefully the quickest time may be end of February, but we don't know. We hope our government will be strong enough to control this and uh, we will go back to normal. Yes, well, if any, anyone can, it's surely the Chinese government. You seem to be able to do things very quickly. Yes, because it's, it's one party and... Uh, so they can do everything very quickly, and uh, in some sense, our this, this kind of uh, social structure is uh, easier for the government to control everything. Very good. Well, Lizzie, thank you again for speaking to us. Your, your insights are uh, very, very highly valued here in Australia, and we very much appreciate it, and we would very much like to see you in Australia one day. Yes, it's very nice to talk to you. <laughs> very good. All right. Thanks again, and all the best. Thank you for calling, Marius. 
John Roberts is the manager of the Eastern Hemisphere for AWI Woolmark, and just on the back of what Lizzie had to say, he put it into perspective for us. Well, she's an agent to some very significant Australian wool exporters. So she, a lot of the wool that leaves our shores and ends up in China, a lot of the transactions are actually facilitated by, by Lizzie. She started with Shanghai Foreign Trade probably in the 90s, I'd suggest. So she's been a, been a part of our industry for a long, long time. Now, she's obviously concerned about the coronavirus. Uh, it's something that everyone's talking about and obviously is having an influence on the trade at the moment. What do you? How are you reading what she was saying about uh, how things slow down? Um, I suppose wool growers listening to this really have no concept of what actually happens at that end. Well, yeah, I mean, it's... What really happens is that everything stops. I mean, it's it's uh, you get in a situation where even if you want to buy wool, you can't get it off a ship, you can't put it on a truck, you can't get it up a, a freeway because everything is closed. In addition to that, you probably can't even turn your factory on sometimes because the power companies are probably not working, or your water effluent can't be can't be uh, activated because all those facilities and services are currently shut. So, I think it's important to not get too carried away with the immediate impact of this this uh, this stoppage in, in, in the supply chain because it will be dramatic. But to me, the fundamentals have probably haven't changed that much as far as supply and demand is concerned. I think Lizzie even said that the, the, there's not a lot of wool in the supply chain. So, and, and, you know, at the moment, natural fibres, including wool, remain very, very popular at a consumer level. So the fundamentals are still quite good. Uh, and this is this is going to be a glitch, a horrible glitch for us, and we're going to have to endure it. But I think we've got to think about the longer term as well. Now, you, you come to this with significant experience because you were in China with elders in a wool capacity in 2003 when SARS hit. Yep. Um, that must have been a great time. No, well, it wasn't at all. I was there with my family and, yeah, it was, it was, it was quite stressful. And I think... Possibly more so in the sense that we weren't getting a lot of information uh, from the central government, uh, and, and yeah, it was it was fairly sketchy on, on the detail. My feeling is this time uh, there's a lot more information flowing within China, but also within other with other um, countries as well. So I feel like they're, they're they're being a lot more proactive in the way they're dealing with it this time. And so uh, perhaps you were saying, looking at the the, the market fundamentals beyond. The, uh, the current issue, and that is that supply dropping but demand dropping as well. Things are hopefully getting in uh, a better balance. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, well, certainly supply is dropping, but I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that demand is really dropping. Uh, I think demand is, is still reasonably good at a consumer level. Well, certainly interest in natural fibres like wool is, is on the increase, if anything. So why have we seen the market drop over the last 12 months then if market isn't if the demand isn't flagging? Well, general, I mean, there's economic apathy out there. Um, there is, there has been, uh, yeah, consumer confidence has suffered I mean, and retail has suffered, particularly in bricks and mortar. And that certainly overall demand has, has, has dropped. But that said, if, if people were to prioritise what their favourite sort of garments were, most of them would be towards natural fibres. So it's, yes, overall demand for everything has dropped, but if, if people had to prioritise, wool would be one of the, one of the top. So your bottom line sort of message to, to growers listening to this is, yes, this is, this is of a concern. It will have a pronounced effect, mm. but the market fundamentals are still there, mm. that demand for wool is still strong. 
and uh, whilst the supply is dropping, yeah, things aren't too bad. Yeah, I would say I'd say so. Absolutely, we've got to brace ourselves for a hell of a hell of a dip. I think, and that's that's just um, you know I think you want to growers certainly want to be having a good hard look at their reserves and 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 uh, when they want to sell their wool or if they have to sell their wool, because um, we will certainly with this, all this stoppage you're going to see some some uh, yes I would imagine the price will come out of a lot of a lot of downward pressure, but. That said, this will finish, and then the, the fundamentals do remain the same. It's interesting that Lizzie said that at the very best it might be the end of February, so uh, does that mean that wool, the, the wool trade as such doesn't start sort of really firing up again for another month or so after that? I mean, how long does it take to recover? Um, how long did it take to recover after the SARS virus, do you remember? Well, I remember we, we evacuated uh, from Shanghai uh, during SARS, and we were back in Australia for seven weeks uh, before it was deemed safe to go back. So... Yeah, so Lizzie's timeline is probably pretty right, at, and that's you know, at best. Mm. These things take a while to play out. Well, John Roberts, your insight is always uh, really appreciated, and in this instance, it's even more so. So thanks for joining us on The Art. Thanks, Marius. Cheers. So that's John Roberts, the manager of the Eastern Hemisphere for AWI Woolmark. And that completes this timely episode of The Yarn. I hope it gives you some perspective into what the coronavirus actually means for our fibre. Feedback, uh, send it to us at theyarn at wool.com. Thank you for everyone that does send through feedback. We do get a bit of it and we do act on it. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm Marius Cumming. Thank you again for your company. Thank you.